Welcome to Messy Life Podcast. You know, life is messy, but it's in our mess that we find our message. And just because your life is messy, it doesn't mean you're messed up. We want to open up our lives. We want to open up our mess. We want to open up what we've learned through really painful, dark journeys. And our hope on the other end of this podcast, on the other end of Messy Life, is that you would find courage and strength and laughter and joy in the midst of your journey, that you would know that you are not in this alone and that you are stronger than you ever thought you were. So let's get messy. Welcome to the Messy Life Podcast. You know, tonight we're premiering on YouTube our social distancing date night challenge. It's three fun quarantine dates that are really going to move your marriage forward in the midst of quarantine life. So it starts tonight, Friday night, April 17th. It'll be the following Friday, the 24th, and then the following Friday after that, May 1st. So tonight kicks it off, and we thought before we would release the content this evening that we'd give it out to our Messy Life podcast crew first. Yep, we love you. We're always thinking about you. So we have a date activity planned. We've got notes and all the details. And to download all that stuff for free, go to joeljohnson.org slash date night. And hopefully we'll see you tonight and live chat at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We can't wait to see you there. And if you can't make it tonight, here's the cool thing. It'll still be up on YouTube. You can still download this stuff for free. But if you can be there tonight, we can chat and we'll be live with people around the country. Can't wait to see you tonight. And without any further ado, here's Casey and myself and our first social distancing date night episode called Mind the Gap. Welcome to social distancing date night. This is date number one, Mind the Gap, and we're going to have a ton of fun this evening. Yep, we're going to have a great time. We've got some fun material that we are going to chat over with you guys really quick. It won't take long, and then we have some fun, interesting questions that you can answer at the end of this, and then a recap question of just putting practical application to the content that we are going to be sharing with you guys. So we're going to dive in and have a lot of fun. So get relaxed, grab your favorite beverage, and let's dive in. (laughs) Let's have a good time. You know, the very first thing about marriages and really great marriages is that the great ones have discovered the art of falling in love again and again. Yeah. And that's what it takes. Yep, it's really true. And when you think about it, no matter where you are in your marriage... What makes a marriage dynamic is the ability to continually fall in love. And, you know, when you, we're going to talk a little bit about this, but when you first start dating, it's really easy to fall in love. As Joel likes to say, like you're Twitter-pated, you're fascinated. Seriously, it happens to everyone. (laughs) That's what the wise old owl said anyways. That's true. But as you continue to grow and evolve in your marriage, each individual person changes. You're not the same person. Like I know for me and for Joel... We're not the same people that we used to be 15 years ago. And so you continually have to learn to re-fall in love and to continue to take interest and 
continue to keep your marriage interesting as you continue to evolve and change. So we're going to dive in a little bit on how to do that today. Yeah, I, I think the cool thing about it is it not only do you have to, but you get the opportunity yeah, that's a better to, way to fall say. in love. No, I mean, he it's both. He always says things better than no, me. No, no, no. It's both. You do have to. It's, yeah. a, it's necessary to have a great marriage, but you also have the opportunity to fall in love with this evolving, changing, yes. growing person. Yeah. So tonight we're going to um, answer some of those questions. And here's the really good news. How do we do this? Here's the good news. You kind of already know how to do yeah. it. Anyways, because... You just have to, like, dust off those skills, yeah, you know? Yeah, because if you did it once... Dust off your swag. I mean, you somehow <laughs> persuaded the person next to you to spend the rest of your life with you, and so you have what it takes. I mean, you have the moxie, the chutzpah, to engage <laughs> that in individual and to continue falling in love. Yep, you do. It's true. I remember... Um, one, right around the time Casey and I were just beginning date, dating. We were friends, and then I started to take an interest in her. And um, she's just the the most, I don't know, the per- most perfect individual for me ever. And I remember... I'll remind we, you of that when we're in a fight. You yeah. said, I am the most perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I remember we were in Houston... Yeah. Um, Casey, we, we weren't dating or anything, um, no. but Casey was with her friend and I asked them both, I'm like, I'm like, hey, you guys, do you want to come out to lunch? Uh, let's go grab something to eat. And her friend said, no, decline. <laughs> and I was like, well, do you still want to get lunch? And she, she took a second. I, I don't know what you were thinking. I was praying. God, should I go to lunch with this crazy man? <laughs> and she said yes. So we ended up um, going out to lunch. Yeah. And we were in Houston. We were just visiting for a conference we were at. Yeah. And um, I didn't know where we were going. So we found this little Chinese like restaurant. Like a hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah, Chinese Thank restaurant. God we didn't die. It was and, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah thank, thank goodness. And um, we ended up talking for like three hours. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was just like the conversation f- flowed and flowed. But I was so interested in finding out who she was. Yeah. And she was so fascinating. And uh, <laughs> I was very present. I was, uh, yeah. I made you my priority and I was pursuing. Yeah, I love those three things that Joel just said because we spent three hours at the Chinese restaurant for lunch and then we ended up going and grabbing coffee and spending like another three hours. Well, actually, I was like, she was like, hey, well, can I pay for my lunch? I'm like, well, why don't I get lunch? And you can pay yeah, for coffee. Do you see what, what I did there? <laughs> I was trying to be sly. And we had another amazing out few hours of continuing the conversation. We did. And I think those three principles that applied to you when you're just getting to know each other can also apply in your marriage, whether you've been married five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, I don't know. But those three Ps um, can apply to your relationship now. Present priority and pursuit and the truth is Joel was and we were 100% present with each other you know you're putting your best foot forward there was nowhere else I wanted to be at that moment yeah I was 100% I showed up yeah exactly he showed up and I think that it looks different after you've been married for a while to show up and be present you know when you come home from work or you come home from a long day 
or distractions. You know, I mean, we're in this social distancing right now and our kids are at home. And so when I tell you, like, Mm -hmm. Joel and I is being present for one another has looked different over the years. Like, when our kids were little before school, we would do a date night every Monday and we would hire a sitter and we would just be present with each other on our date day. And now that our kids are in school, we try to either Monday or Friday, we'll do breakfast or lunch together and spend a couple hours together. But being present is also, I know, a, a big hurdle for Joel and I has been our phones. The cell phone. And, you know, you can be in a serious conversation and, like, the phone buzzes. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm going to tell on Joel a little bit. Um, okay. We work through it, so it's good. You can learn She's from our mistakes. That. But it would buzz and he would immediately, like, I would be in the middle of telling him something really serious or really intense and he would pull out his phone and look at it. And I'm like, what is, what notification is more important than the conversation that I'm having with you right now? I would get so mad and I would just stop the conversation. I would be like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I would walk away. I'm done. I'm done. I, and I don't know you why. You can get I, your I notification think, now. I think it was like a Pavlovian response. Like, you know, like the, the dog salivates when the bell was rung, <laughs> that old experiment. And I would I would feel it buzz in my... It wouldn't even have to and ring. Immediately. It would murder. buzz. And I would just instantly no grab present. it out. And I'm like, boom. And then I... I and then I could feel, I could feel the eyes piercing into my soul. Like, yes. like I wasn't being present. And when you only have a few hours, yeah. sometimes on a date like right now, hopefully maybe your kids are in bed if you've got kids <laughs> and you have some time to be totally present. Yeah. And so you've got to put away the distractions, but you also just have to show up. And in the beginning, yeah. it's kind of easy. It is. It's it is easier. Very easy. I think it's uh, because of chemically what's going on internally. You're, you're very present and into yeah. this mystery. But you've got to continue to say, I'm going to show up at it, this date or this time It takes intentionality. I think the longer you're married, the more intentional that you have to be. And so sometimes what you can do is, whether that's for Joel and I, we're going to lunch or we're going to dinner together, we're scheduling that time together, or we even just had a conversation last night with all of this social distancing. Our kids' schedules are so off, and we said, man, We've got to make sure that we're putting the kids to bed at their normal time so that we have time to connect with each other. So being present with one another can take intentionality. It can say, hey, for this hour or this hour and a half, we're putting our cell phones away and we're having dinner together and we're going to be present with one another. So you may want to do that now. You can put that on <laughs> right now. Maybe it's, it's, it's up to you. I promise this date will go a whole lot better if you do. Just speaking from experience. Second thing of the of the three P attitudes, and I and I think these are you know three P attitudes that give any relationship altitude. And the second one would be priority. Yeah. Um, making sure that that person is your priority. When we were at that Chinese restaurant that day, you were my priority. There was nobody else that I was focused on, yeah. and you know it, it, you were there. And this is this person, the spouse next to you, is your boo. You know she's your bae. <laughs> and I love that that term. It stands for you know beyond anything else or anyone else beyond. I mean they are your number one. Yeah. And so you've got to. Bring that back to those times and uh, not only be present, 
but make that person your first priority. And sometimes that means scheduling yeah. and saying, okay, I could take this call or I could do this thing with the guys or I could do whatever. With the kids or you're with... my priority. Yeah. And I think the lot again, the longer you're married, the harder this becomes because the more distractions mm-hmm. you have. It's yeah. your your job and then you have kids and then homework and then sporting events it and it really I think becomes harder and harder to make them a priority but you have to it's so important whether that's just go to breakfast just go to lunch put the kids to bed early and watch a movie together whatever it is making sure that you make one another a priority and the last thing is this pursuant I think I said pursuit earlier but it's pursuant either one the same concept you can put pursuit or pursuant but it's it's pursuing your spouse And again, it's so easy when you first are kind of dating or maybe you're first married or before you have kids or before you have dogs or maybe your job is less intense. Or you have dogs. I love my dogs. Yes, we have three. Lincoln said to me the other day, Mom, come jump on the trampoline with me. I am more important than those dogs. (laughs) I was like, oh, sorry. (laughs) So anyways, pursuing, it's pursuing one another. And I want to share something kind of cool because... As our marriage has evolved and as we have evolved as people, I've really seen how we've changed. And pursuing me today looks very different than pursuing me a while ago. And it's the same for Joel. Like our interests change. We become different people and our lives change. Our kids change. The dynamics of our relationship changes. Mm -hmm. And so for me and even for Joel, sometimes it's just changing up the scenery, going on a walk, going on a bike ride, going on a hike going to a new restaurant that has a cool environment or a new coffee shop, like finding things that we're both interested in and making those things are a priority are a really great way to continue to pursue one another. I mean, the other day I was like, and I'm, Joel is such a creature of like, he can focus for long periods of time and he can, his routine, like he can do the same thing every single day and just thrive. And I go crazy like that. Like I can focus for like 20 minutes and then it's I'm like, so okay, true. I need a break. I focus, so I focus for 20, maybe I have ADD, but, um, I need to change things up and keep things interesting and exciting. And so mm-hmm. something we did was we, um, found a new place to hike And the kids were in school and we had somebody pick them up and we drove like an hour and a half to this waterfall. So nice. And it was so incredible. We hiked, I did yoga. We, we just had the best time together. And then we took our kids out there. So just little things that you can do that just keep pursuing one another. And we talked and had long, deep conversations and we laughed Mm -hmm. together. And so I think it's important to continue to change up the way that you pursue each other in your relationship. Yeah, I remember at the Chinese restaurant, um, man, I was <laughs> like, yeah, well, it was a great day. Let me just say, I was like, my, that was like 17 years ago. I'm still, oh, <laughs> oh my I goodness. made a lasting impression of the Chinese I, I, restaurant. I, I know, I know. Uh, we opened up the fortune cookie and <laughs> the message was gold. <laughs> and uh, so, I, that day, I was so interested in getting to know who you were. And I really, I wanted to know your heart. Like, yeah. I was investigating her heart. I was pursuing her heart. I was uh, turning into the Sherlock Holmes of love. I mean, I wanted to, like, <laughs> find out who you were, find out what your heart was like. 
And that's what we have to continue to do. And as we are, we're in a dynamic relationship, you know, great marriages learn the art of falling in love over and over again. But you have to pursue that person as life changes them, as experiences deepens them and they evolve. You've got to continue that pursuit and to to go after that. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things, these components continue to foster a really great friendship. I mean, one of the things Joel and I have said from the beginning of our relationship is that friendship is our foundation. And it's so true, like friendship has to continue to build and be the foundation of your relationship. And these are all components that foster that friendship and that love and that deepening Mm -hmm. love. We want to talk about a couple of things that will kill your friendship and kill your relationship. Or not kill, but I think put a damper on those relationships. Can I just jump in with one little thing? Yeah. Here? I was thinking, you know, like the three P's, the three P attitudes. Um, present, making someone a priority, and being pursuant. Like when you add those up together, it yeah. equals being a really good friend. Like whether yes, you're in a marriage does. or not, like if you um, are present when you're with someone, you they're a priority in your life, and you're interested about what's going on with them, not just interested in yourself. That is the foundation for any friendship. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So back to a couple of things that pull away from that or can put a damper on that friendship or that relationship. And one is expectations. Ooh, public enemy number one (laughs) right there. Um, And I think that there is a difference between expectations and roles. And we've always said this in our Mm, relationship. And it's tough. Like we've been married for... 15 or 16? 15. Going We've been married for 15 years. <laughs> I'll just put that husband badge of remembrance on So it. this August, a couple months, we'll be married 16 years. And um, it's so interesting when like Joel and I have, and I'm going to combine these kind of two points. We've talked about roles. You know, your role looks this way and my role looks this way. And so it's easy when you define those roles to then fall into expectations. Yeah. So typically, Joel takes out the trash, you know, or (laughs) um, takes the trash out to the curb. I'll just use that one as an example. So it's easy for me to go into it having that Mm -hmm. expectation. And what you do is you lose gratitude in the midst of expectation. Mm -hmm. So when I just expect him to do it or he expects me to do it, we lose gratitude for the roles that one another plays instead of like, thank you so much for doing that. You know, always being appreciative, even though it's a role that you've defined, Mm -hmm. expectations, I think, take away gratitude in your relationship. And so taking a moment to just appreciate the roles that you play in that relationship and never taking for granted, Mm -hmm. you know, those roles. And so be cautious and careful of expectations that you have of each other, because I think expectations pull away from the gratitude in your relationship and just truly appreciating what one another brings to the table. And I love the concept of defining roles. And what I think is cool about this is this has morphed and changed for, especially for me over the years. Like when Joel and I were just having kids, um, Joel worked full time and I, I did stuff from home a lot, but I, my primary focus was like being a mom and a wife and, staying home with kids, like it's such a big transition. And so I cooked, I cleaned, I did the grocery shopping, I took care of all the house responsibilities and the kids, which is a Mm. massive undertaking. And um, then when my kids got in preschool, I started going back to work more intensely. And then now full-time, we both work full-time. 
I work outside of the house, Joel works from home. And so we've had to readjust those roles where, and it was kind of funny, like at first the expectation was still on me of cooking, cleaning, grocery shopping, doing all the laundry. Tell me now. (laughs) We had to come to Jesus. I'll just put it that I'll let you describe it that way. Yeah, we had to come to Jesus because I was working full-time and he was working full-time. But I was still like picking up the kids from school, doing all the grocery shopping, all the meal prepping. Because you're so much better than I at doing all the responsibilities of the house, all the laundry. And then I had, and some of the wives can relate to me, I had a meltdown, explosion. Like, I, and I'm an Enneagram too, I'm a helper. So my downfall will be I let stuff build up and I wanna serve and serve and serve. I wanna serve my family, I wanna serve Joel. Um, until I just lost it and I exploded. And it was me understanding too that our roles have to shift as we morph and change and as we grow and evolve, our, those roles have to shift and we have to have a different conversation. So we had to sit down and reevaluate and divide back up what those roles looked like and shift. And that's where it was really mm-hmm. huge to not have expectation, but say, thank you so much for doing that load of laundry or thank you for helping me. Mm-hmm. And we had to talk through what that schedule looked like and reevaluate what our roles looked like in yeah. our family. One of the main things I talk to all of the married couples that I coach is that, hey, you can define the roles because stuff's got to get done. And yeah. <laughs> but don't define, don't have the expe- expectation. It's almost like before, when back to the Chinese restaurant, before we were in a, contractual agreement before we were in this marriage. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm using I'm using the word contract because... It went from Chinese restaurant to like... Well, well I mean, you're, you're saying... Uh, it's, I'm just joking. Okay. okay. I did go to law school, so I'm sorry. Sorry. I'll try to keep the legalese to a minimum I'm here. I'm totally joking. Okay. So, so um, we were free agents. Yeah. And so anything she did for me, she didn't owe it to me. Right. Like, like, I shouldn't expect her to do it. I just was enjoying the fact that she'd want to hang out with me and we could talk and all of this stuff. And so you've got to keep that same, even though you're not a free agent, you're now contracted (laughs) to play for a certain team, Team Johnson or whatever, you're here you are, you're moving the ball down the field together, but you have got to not expect. It's so easy for us to expect. You can always do a roll call. And yeah. that's what you did. It was time to say, okay, we gotta we gotta look at our roles here. Yeah. And is it fair? Is it equal? Is it balanced? But more than that, are we setting each other up yeah. to win so that we can be everything that we see for our family that we wanna be? We wanna be yeah. um, godly people, we wanna be good moms and dads, yeah. we wanna we wanna whatever our goals are, we wanna move that down the field. Yeah. And so we have the to look at the team is the win. I love that. It's yeah. it's not about, you're not two individuals. That's a selfish way to look at things. We're a team. You know, we're a family unit. Our kids are a part of this mm-hmm. team. And so collectively, what is the win and how do we make that happen? And that's 100% true. <laughs> you might hear our son in the background in social distancing. We y'all, just have to roll Yeah, we quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, if you see us, if you see us in the background he's going, excited because yeah. he got finally got into his Xbox account. He's been laughing. He's been locked out, so I see his little face through our office door saying, 
Yeah, we have these French doors with windows on them. He's like, yeah, we're like trying to focus here. Be present, be present, priority, (laughs) priority. Okay, son, I'm about to pursue you. All right, here we go. So roll call. Sometimes you have to stop, you have to take a roll call, and you have to reevaluate. And it's super important to remember that the team Mm -hmm. is the win. And so that means Joel makes sacrifices. That means I make sacrifices. That means our kids make sacrifices to get the ball down the field. And we all have a part to play in that. Yeah, and our roles should not define who we are as far as finding our sense of self-esteem and, okay, do I take the kids to school or not? Who cleans? Who doesn't? It's just Team Johnson, and if we can win as a family, there's going to be different seasons and times that we've got to do other stuff. And so we can put our roles and define and shape roles so that the team wins, but you can do it with an attitude of not expecting that it should be done. And one of the things I think as we head into our challenge for you guys and what Mm -hmm. you'll do after this video ends is one of the things I think that's been a game changer for Joel and I in our relationship is remaining humble and remaining teachable. And you've got to allow your spouse to have messy conversations. That's true. And these roll calls have not always been pretty. They've been hard conversations. They've been full of tears. But I think you've got to give... um, messy. Messy. I heard Jimmy Evans, um, a message that he did one time that said, give your spouse the ability to complain. And um, in in the marriage, and and not in a bad way, but feedback. And to say, hey, this isn't working anymore. We've got to reevaluate. Mm. And so what you have to do, me especially, I'm more reactive. Joel is more patient than me. I always say he's a way better Christian. And if you want to hear some really um, messy stories, you we have a podcast episode on messy life that talks about, what is it called? Messy marriage conversations. Yes. And she tells on me a whole lot. You guys can listen. I tell on myself a whole lot. But really, well. the, the point of this is... Allow one another to have those messy conversations. Give your spouse the ability to say, hey, I need to lean in and I need to have a hard conversation. And what I have to do is take a deep breath. And I say in my mind, Casey, be humble and be teachable and and allow feedback. Um, and, And if you're both humble and you're both teachable, it'll make these conversations much easier to navigate. And remember, the team is the win. We want to get the ball down the field. We want to identify what our win is. That win is our family. Mm -hmm. That win is our marriage. And that win is, I want Joel to feel like he's winning. I want to feel like I'm winning. Mm -hmm. And so we have those hard conversations to evaluate where our team is weak and how we can get stronger. And in order to do that, you have to be humble. You have to be teachable. And you have to give your spouse the ability to say it messy. And I will say that to Joel too. I'll say, I'm going to say it messy and I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm sharing my perspective with you so you can add color and context to how I feel. Say it messy, but say it kind. Say it messy, but say it kind. Yep. So tonight, here's where the real date begins (laughs) and with this activity. And they're in your show notes and you can, you can see the directions for them, but we have 10 questions. We have 10 questions and five of them are more investigatory. They're the Sherlock Holmes of love. They're just kind of fun and they're interesting. Yeah. Really cute, fun questions that stimulate fun conversation and getting to know each other on a deeper level. So you'll need to put on your 3P attitude, be present, (laughs) make them a priority, put your cell phone away. Um, and also be pursuing. And then the, the last five are more action-oriented. Based off of this content. 
Exactly. So we hope you enjoy. Yep. Remember, too, as you're answering these questions, don't be afraid to say it messy, but say it kind and be present with each other and give give one another margin to give feedback. So get out your questions. You're going to ask your spouse the question. They're going to respond back to you about the same question. Listen and move down the list. And I hope you have an incredible evening. And then one last thing in your notes, you'll notice that there's some homework. We want you to take the Myers-Briggs test. Yes. Uh, 16personalities.com. The link is in your show notes. And you can just go straight there. Take the test and you'll need it for next uh, date night next week. Enjoy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We love you guys. We are praying that your marriages are stronger, healthier, happier because of this time together and being intentional with one another, present with one another. Enjoy. We'll see you next Friday. Bye. Bye. Well, we hoped you enjoyed getting that content early and we hope to see you tonight at our premiere at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to have a really, really good time. So head on over to joeljohnson.org slash date night. Get all the details, get your downloadable notes and date night activity. And we'll see you there this evening. God bless. Stay healthy and hunkered.